I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. But without further ado, Steve Verderosa, former Giants scout Good friend of the show, just an all-around awesome dude, joins us now. Steve, uh, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I, I appreciate it. I know this is very last minute. I, I texted you and I called you this morning and asked you to come on, and you so graciously said yes. Um, I, and, and, and the reason being is because the, the stock value for one Anthony Richardson um, has just gone through the roof. After his uh, his workout yesterday, or his his combine, yeah, his combine workout yesterday, uh, folks are calling him Cam Jackson because they think that he's a cross between Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. Six four two forty four, vertical forty and a half, ran a four four three, the fourth fastest QB number since two thousand six. But I I, I think it's and, and so listen. Stud, absolute stud, athletic, magnificent, all the things. But I thought it was it would be important to have you on as a former scout, somebody who's been in the business a long time, especially uh, with with the Giants, um, just to talk about what these numbers mean. Because now a lot of people feel that he's going to be the number one quarterback taken because of this workout, um, compared to you know what 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 you value when you're watching film in the fact that he was only a one year starter at University of Florida. So first things first, uh, your your thoughts on um, on his workout yesterday. Well, one of the things you want to do with any player um, is, you know, what can they do? You know, th- th- there's positives and negatives. And if you start off with the negatives, especially when you're sitting in a draft meeting with a coach or a general manager, it- it's just human nature that the negative is going to ring uh, loud and clear sometimes more so than the positive, even if they have more positive qualities than negative qualities. So that being said, the first thing is, you know, what can he do? So the tangibles are, you know, they're easily seen with this guy. His height, his weight, his speed, his strength, his athletic ability, those are all off the chart. But he also plays the position that the intangibles are the most important of any position and vision, poise, under pressure, just the instincts for the game and how you play the game. So when I'm looking at Anthony, and obviously, you know, I'm not scouting for a team anymore, and and I do it a little bit on my own, and uh, I spent a lot of time this year at University of North Carolina looking at their players and stuff. But this kid here, he hasn't played a lot of football. And when you look at their offense, and I watched two games on TV, and TV scouting is definitely dangerous, but I watched two game tapes. And I guess that's a small sampling. Um, the thing is, you know, yeah, he's productive in the offense, and they did put him in a position for his athleticism to come through and let him be successful doing the things that he does best. But their offense still is no semblance of an NFL offense. And the bottom line is the games that I watched, guess what? They lost all those games. You know, you talk about Cam Newton. I scouted him at Auburn. 
and he was, he had no um, finesse to his game whatsoever. He didn't know how to take take anything off his fastball, and you know he was the biggest, strongest, best athlete on the field, and and he did it with brawn more than anything else. But guess what? They won the national title. There's a big difference there with a team that wins the national title and a team that goes six and seven with you at the helm. So, and f- trust me, Florida, whether they are, are in the contention for a national championship or an SEC title, they have a lot of athletes there. They always have. They always will. So, um, for me, when I watch him, that that's the concern. The other thing, too, is the young man is very young. He's 20 years old. And it's a medical known fact that brain development in young people, you know, mid to late 20s, you know, sometimes maybe early 20s. But, but this young man, who's, he's young in, in a full-grown man's body. So that bothers me a little bit um, about him. Uh, the style of offense, the fact that he has a losing record or, or a 500 record as a quarterback, um, the intangibles, I don't see the, a lot of the intangibles out there. Um, and when I say that, uh, his instincts, his vision, his play under pressure, it all breaks down. And when you're the biggest, best athlete on the field, you can get away with that at the college level. But it's going to be hard at the professional level. The other thing, too, is if this young man goes and say, the top ten or even, say, the top five, because there's a lot of teams this year that are looking for quarterbacks, He's going to go to a bad team. So now everything is on his shoulders. And that's going to be really hard. And in this new NFL that um, is so much different from when I started in 1987, there's not a lot of commitment by the owners to the coaches. Guys guys are hired and fired within a year. And it makes it really hard. So uh, look at Daniel Jones. Daniel's been with the Giants and in four years. He's had a bunch of coaches. He's had a new coordinator every year. And if you couple that with his last year in college, that's you know, four head coaches in five years with five different coordinators. It's hard to have synergy. It's hard to build uh, you know, your own career when you have those things working against you. So players like Anthony Richardson, hey, you marvel at their athleticism, their size, their speed, the arm strength. But all those other things, the intangibles, um, how long is it going to take them to figure it out? And when you look at football over the years, it doesn't matter if it's in the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s to last year. A lot of young quarterbacks, they struggle. Young man in Chicago, if he can't run around and rush for 1,000 yards, uh, they're going to have no offense at all. And Justin Fields' team, they have the first pick in the draft. So how many games did you win? That's really the bottom line. You look at somebody like Brock Purdy, taken in the seventh round. Guess what? Not big. He's not fast. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. But that was a four-year starter and a mature young man who's 23, 24 years old coming into the league. And, yes, he went to a good team, but they didn't miss a beat when he went in there. Why is that? He knows how to play. He's got it figured out mentally. He has vision. He has poise under pressure. Those intangible factors that it's, it's not mathematics. It's not two and two is four. Um, who has that and who doesn't have that? And a lot of mistakes are made at quarterback because of that. So um, kind of strange. 
you know, you root for these young guys when, when they have the off the chart athleticism, but it doesn't always equate to being a great player. Steve Verderosa joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, uh, former gi- giant scout, part of that scouting department for, for several years. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Steve, really quick, you, you mentioned Daniel Jones. That's, that's other some uh, big concerning news for Giants fans coming out of the Combine. Uh, as you know, the Combine isn't just about the college players. It's, it's about general managers and owners meeting with agents, talking about free agents. And as we know, Daniel Jones uh, looking for anywhere between 45 to $48 million. The Giants were hoping about $35 million. If they don't work on an agreement by Tuesday, they're going to have to tag him with that one-year 32.4. Uh, surprised that this is where we're at right now with Daniel Jones and his camp demanding, requesting 45 to 48 a year? It doesn't matter if it's quarterback in the NFL or the kid that works at McDonald's around the corner or any free enterprise. You always ask for more than maybe you're really going to get. Um, so it doesn't surprise me what their asking price is. I figured, you know, 35 to 45, and if you get 40, hey, you know, you, you came to some kind of agreement. Um, look. I saw that young man when he first got to Duke, and I saw his maturation there. And obviously, um, it's been a little bit of an up and down with the Giants because of uh, circumstances outside of his control. Like I said, changing, changing general managers, changing head coaches, changing offensive coordinators. So he hasn't had a chance to settle in and, and really develop all his skills. But he showed up this year. Look. Now, that, that team, I thought the coaching staff did an unbelievable job for them this year, and they maximized the, the parts that they had. They still need receivers. Um, some of that offensive line still is in big-time flux. So, um, And a new coaching staff learning the players and the players learning the coaching staff. You know, Trust your eyes. What did you see? I, I thought he played real well. He throws the deep ball as good as anybody in the National Football League. He's athletic. He's tough. He's proved his physical toughness, and he's shown mental toughness by fighting through all this stuff. These guys, where are you going to get a guy like that? He's young. He's strong. He's big. Uh, he's clean off the field. You know, he's the type, the type of personality that you'd like to have in your, on your football team. Um, you know, what's there not to like? And unfortunately, you know, you know, he's an entertainer in the entertainment business, and entertainers get paid a lot of money. That, that's the nature of the business. I'm glad it's, I'm not the guy writing the check. You know, but it's not like John Mara hasn't gone through this before and other owners that are doing the same thing. So to me, um, go ahead, let him walk. You'll be sorry. Uh, so, uh, and obviously they're not going to let him walk. They'll, they'll tag him. But then you're going to go through the same scenario next year. You add another receiver, you add some more offensive linemen, add more depth on defense, and the team is under this, these coaches for another year. You don't think he's going to get better? I guarantee you he's going to get better. What is it going to be next year, $50 million? And look, these guys, their agents are trying to get them as much as they can, and they're going to compare themselves against other quarterbacks. Sean Watson, what has he ever done? He's getting $54 million fully guaranteed, and he's on a bad team. 
and he put himself in a bad situation. So um, more power to these guys. Get every dollar that you can when you can get it because it's a, it's a small window. But, and you've uh, got to feel really – I would imagine, Steve, you've got to feel really good considering you scouted Daniel and, uh, and, and you were really big high on him. You were really high on him. Uh, coming out of uh, coming out of Duke, so I'm sure this has got to make you feel good. Uh, Steve Verderosa joining us here on 90, 98.7 ESPN. Steve, again, so appreciate your time, especially on a Sunday morning. Thank you. Hey, thank you, and have a great day, and um, go Big Blue. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Getting you ready for some XFL action taking place. Yesterday, the Sea Dragons, or I should say last night, uh, beat the Vipers 30-26 to uh, in dramatic fashion, I should say. Uh, Josh Gordon, former wide receiver in the NFL, now part of the Seattle Sea Dragons. 65-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter with uh, about a minute left. Danucci, quarterback who, by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers now the starting quarterback for Seattle. 377 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. The Vipers started new quarterback Brett Hundley. He went for uh, 224 and two touchdowns. He rushed for 66 yards, but it just wasn't enough. So the Sea Dragons covered. That line was minus three and a half. So I'm eight and two on the season so far in the XFL. There's three games coming your way today. At 1 o'clock, the Battlehawks go up against the D.C. Defenders. At 4 o'clock, it's Orlando against the Renegades. And at 8 o'clock, it's San Antonio. Heinz Ward is the head coach there, going up against Wade Phillips in his Houston Roughnecks. Um, Stormy Bonantani was the sideline uh, reporter for the Seattle Las Vegas game last night. She joined me earlier this week to break down all four games. Here um, is Stormy and I discussing the remaining three that yeah, uh, are not, on the slate today. I'm calling the game. I don't want to make a pick on it, but I mean, based on what I've already said about where I see the two sitting, I think it makes sense that DC is favored in this game. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. First and foremost, 50 degrees, sunny, one o'clock Eastern kickoff, a pair of two and O teams and the beer snake, I was told after it got confiscated, week one should be in full force on Sunday. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, Hopefully just no more lemons being thrown on the field. That would be good. But it was a really, really fun place. And I think with both teams coming in um, undefeated at this point, it'll make the environment that much better. But D.C., you know, last week they trailed 6-0 at halftime. And then they figured things out. And they reeled off 18 unanswered points. 
that two QB system is very unique to where when we've seen multiple quarterbacks used for other teams in the XFL, it's been because one guy hasn't been playing well and they plug and play. With Derek King and Jordan Ta'amu, um, while, yes, King has provided a little bit more of a spark, they utilize both sides throughout the course of the game, and their run game is very efficient. I think one interesting kind of, like, back and forth, head-to-head in this game that'll be cool is that St. Louis, you talk about these masterful comebacks that they've had in the fourth quarters. That's where they've kind of made their money in these late-game heroics. Well, they're taking on a defense that's had back-to-back fourth-quarter shutouts to start the season. So a really good late-game defense against a really efficient late-game offense will be kind of a fun head-to-head to see. Absolutely. Uh, you've got the Renegades going up against Orlando. We talked about it. They're just god-awful. Um <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the Renegades, I think this is a good spot for them to rebound considering they lost uh, to the Roughnecks last week. Uh, they are home in Arlington. They're favored by eight and a half. The over-under is 38. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Renegades should easily win this game, bounce back from the loss at Houston. I think it's a great get-right spot for the defense as well since Pac- neither Paxton Lynch nor DeAndre Francois are delivering. And the Renegades defense, you could see them forcing a turnover to maybe even just add another defensive touchdown to the stat line, take a little bit of pressure off their offense and Drew Plitt. And defensively for Orlando, I mean, they've allowed 30 or more points in both games so far. So the totals have both gone over their respective numbers, 42-plus points for both games because of that. I just don't think that the Renegades are going to score as much. Um, So my gut tells me this is like a 24-12 type game, which would be Arlington in the under. Not sold yet that I'll pull the trigger on that, but can – like who wants to lay that many points in this league, especially week three, <laughs> but I'm certainly contemplating it. Interesting. Last but not least, the Roughnecks uh, team, I think is, is number one. It sounds like you do as well. Love me some Wade Phillips. Love the fact that they're trying to yeah. stay undefeated going all the way back to 2020 Roughnecks are, excuse me, Roughnecks are at home. That line now is up to three and a half. Um, or I should say down, it was minus four a day ago, going up against San Antonio in these in this Brahma team who uh, they're one and one. So uh, how do you think this one? Yeah, San Antonio is a little bit plucky, right? They had the, the heartbreaker week one to St. Louis, and they seemingly took it out last week on Orlando. So the Brahmas and Roughnecks both have beaten up on a common opponent here in, in the Guardians. So... Um, I just have so much faith in this Houston defense, though, right? And they've turned – I know they've turned the ball over um, a few times last week, but they still outscored Arlington 12 nothing in the second half to stay undefeated. Um, their defense has 12 sacks, five more than any other team, five interceptions in just two weeks. They're physical. They're aggressive. I love the way Wade Phillips has this group coached up, and that's going to be a real challenge for the Brahma's quarterback, former Notre Dame QB Jack Cohn, who really appeared to take a step forward last week for San Antonio, had a really clean three-touchdown performance, 165 yards, gained a little more confidence. I just feel like the Roughnecks' defense are going to be a little too much for them. Do you feel Brandon Silvers is the second-best quarterback in this league behind A.J. McCarrens? I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, you tell me when you look at the quarterback play around this league, like, nobody's really been particularly consistent. And, like, I, I like what Silvers has done. I would say where things sit right now, if I were power-ranking quarterbacks, he would be two. But I'm not sure that that will last because some other guys have a lot of potential and weapons. They just haven't been utilized very well yet. So, again, Stormy Bonantani joining me earlier this week. 
uh, breaking down the three games uh, that are that are coming your way uh, later on today. So how am I playing it? Again, the Battle Hawks, uh, give me the three. I'm just believing in A.J. McCarron, and uh, I think at the end of the day, it could be a close game. I think the Battle Hawks pull it off on the road. Renegades, this might be my favorite and my best bet. I'm laying the eight with the Renegades against Orlando, arguably the worst team in the XFL, and, and, and a lot of drama surrounding uh, that, uh, that situation. And last but not least, the Roughnecks, I'll lay the four against San Antonio. Wade Phillips, this team, not only are they looking to go 2-0 and this season, but they're 7-0 and uh, with the XFL because don't forget they were shut down back in 2020 because of COVID. Uh, this defense already on the season, 12 sacks, and um, uh, 12 sacks and, and five interceptions. So uh, again, battle next, uh, battle Hawks plus three, Renegades minus eight, and the Roughnecks minus four. That's how I'm playing it. By the way, we just had Steve Rosa on our, our former segment, and I and and I'm sorry, it's it's my fault. I should have mentioned he's got a great book coming out. So you want to be a pro football scout. And uh, stories of players, games, drafts, especially for you Giants fans out there. I mean, some stories that I would imagine that he's going to share in this book uh, are, are going to be pr- pretty riveting, I would imagine, especially all that went down with, uh, with Eli Manning in that draft situation. Stories for over 30 years of travel on the road and a number of other, other storylines. It will be available sometime in April. And of course, we'll, we'll have Steve on throughout the next two months as we get closer to the draft because in my opinion there's nobody better uh, to have on the show so uh, we'll, we'll have more details for you but uh, just keep an eye on eye out on it um, could be a, a great gift for a lot of Giants fans out there as well so you want to be a pro football scout from Steve Verderosa uh, we get back uh Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network was kind enough to join me earlier this morning. If you missed uh, that interview, uh, we'll hear from her next as well. Uh, Before we do end, I'm going to get you locked and loaded for some golf plays and picks uh, heading into today. It is a really impressive leaderboard, uh, and they all start, uh, those that are in contention to win at Bay Hill today, they all start teeing off uh, sometime around 1.30. I'll get you locked and loaded for that. And we'll end the show strong, talking some Knicks, getting you ready for their game against the Celtics later on this afternoon. So still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you. 90.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. But earlier this morning, a uh, good friend of the show, 
Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network was kind enough to jump on with us. If you missed that interview, playing a, a clip from it right now. My first question to her is, uh, even though Anthony Richardson made a lot of noise yesterday with his workout, still Bryce Young favored to be the number one quarterback taken at minus 205. How does Cynthia feel about that? I think that, it's, I mean, obviously it's between him, C.J. Stroud, and of course Anthony Richardson, but I, I think between those two, I feel like people have a little bit more confidence in Bryce Young's film, but they think C.J. Stroud has potentially a more accurate set of skills. So I, it's between those two, and Bryce Young seems to have the better film, just, you know, slightly, and performed as expected. You know, this one wasn't a, the quarterback class where you're like, wow, like, there's this huge, like, difference in, you know, there's, there's no one guy that's, like, standing, there's no Trevor Lawrence, right, that's, like, standing head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, Anthony Richardson you, you had a big day, right? Cam, I'm sorry, a.k.a. Cam Jackson. Uh, 40.5 oh vertical, 443, 44th fastest QB time since 2006. He has been the biggest buzz in the last 24 hours. Only a one-year starter at Florida. Um, to me, I, I, I just, I've got some major concerns here. I, don't get me wrong, great athlete. I, it, it, uber impressive yesterday. But am I drafting him in the first round? Hell to the no. Uh, what say you, Cynthia? I mean, when do you need a quarterback to have that kind of vert? Like, it's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. He's a great athlete. But, like, who, who is he being asked to jump over? You know, like, that's just not part of the skill set. So, when I'm looking at him, you know, he said something on the podium. Like, he said, you've been, someone asked, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But it's like, you've been labeled as a bit of a project. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And it's, in fairness to him, all quarterbacks are projects. No one knows for sure. There's no, you know, sure thing to, at the next level. But I think it's funny, like, you know, he, is, he, he just doesn't have enough data. 13 starts, we've seen several examples of guys who have very few starts in the NFL and they struggle at the ne- or in, in college and they struggle at the next level. So, you know, I, I, I do think I'm with you. I, I wouldn't necessarily, maybe the back half of the first round for a team that is taking a bit more of a swing, but you know, that's only to preserve the fact that if he's a first-round pick, then they get one year longer should he pan mm-hmm. out on the other side before they have to pay him a monstrous salary. Yeah, so for folks listening in, uh, if, if an NFL team drafts a quarterback in the first round, they get a, the team gets a, an, an extra year um, to, in, in regard to the potential of, of, of a rookie deal, and so that's where the incentive is there. Will Levis, let's talk about him for a second. Came out and said, listen, I've got a cannon of an arm. I want to show it off. I kind of like the swagger. Um, and, and I think my, personally, and, and talking to a number of scouts, I think that he has the highest ceiling out of all these quarterbacks. Maybe maybe Hendon Hooker, but of course, unfortunately, he injures his knee. And so uh, whoever does draft him, uh, you know, obviously he won't ready, be ready to go in 2023. But nonetheless, like, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Will and how he performed yesterday? Somebody told me that the comp for him was both good and bad Carson Wentz. And I think that was an interesting – that got me thinking because, you know, remember, what was it, 2015 when we were talking about Carson Wentz as the potential league MVP. And then, of course, we've seen some, some suspect play. But I do like the, the comp in terms of, like, a lot of raw talent to work with and the potential for who he works with to determine how good he'll end up being. Like, with Doug Peterson, he was awesome, and then it didn't go so well in other places. But, but look, like, that's 
Will Levis has a really nice arm. He did throw a lot of picks, but he had a horrible O-line. So it's it's really hard. This one this one has shades of just – they don't play the same, but it has shades of Justin Herbert. Because remember coming out of college, Justin Herbert threw all those passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. But then every once in a while, you saw him throw this just like deep bomb, right? And you didn't know what you were going to get from this guy. But you obviously – is turning out to be quite the pro, but you know Will Levis is, is very interesting. Very it doesn't have the same personality as Justin Herbert, but very interesting in terms of a prospect. Yeah, to me, that's the quarterback that that I would be eyeing. Um, again, you know, not my pay grade. Uh, unfortunately, if I had to do it over again, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I would take a different route. Um, let's talk wide receiver really quick because <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of folks feel that um, the Giants are, are going to draft a quarterback. In the, I mean, a wide receiver in the first round. I liked, I, I like uh, Addison out of USC, uh, but but you know, a lot of it obviously depends on what your flavor is, right, and what your scheme is, and who's yep. a possession wide receiver, yep. who's a burner, who runs the best route, who has the best, like you know, are you looking at a guy who can play X, Y, and Z? So just out of curiosity, if you're the Giants, based on what you know, what you saw, what you've heard. Um, if the Giants do take a quarterback in the first round, I mean, why do I keep on saying quarterback? If the Giants do, do, I don't know. They do take I'm, a wide I'm receiver, if Freudian slip. I know, right? If the Giants take a wide receiver uh, in the first round, who do you think it's going to be? It's going to be who's available because, you know, luckily for the Giants, or maybe unluckily, like they're picking not in a great spot. Like they're they're not going to have their their pick. You know, I think that. If Jordan Addison's available, I, I really like him. He obviously he's that that pro day is going to determine a lot because he hurt his hamstring running or working out in the combine, so it's going to be a little bit of an abbreviated combine for him. But you know, I, I don't know. I like I don't even hate taking a couple swings at the wide receiver position and maybe taking different body types. I like the TCU receiver the best, and I'm, I'm not sure that, like I said, I don't think he'll be available at that point. But I think the Giants are in a really good spot to be able to get a couple of key contributors there, like in the spot, like and have their choice, right? I even think they could. There's a chance they could even think if they have a higher-rated corner that that might be the smarter play because this wide receiver class isn't as deep as the one we've seen before, but there will be good second and third round receivers still. So corners, um, Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Gonzalez. Is is there one corner? that that jumps off the page to you yeah i mean coming into it devin witherspoon was probably my number one his tape to me is the strongest is his ability to do the types of things that you see in a blitz heavy scheme it forecasts well so that was that was probably my favorite one just overall he's he's probably my favorite one but i was talking to a bunch of the defensive back specialists that I, you know, around around the league and the people who I trust the most. And there's a couple of names that could be sort of like, you know, the Christian Gonzalez, that could be later risers that are, are really, really helpful and useful. And I like Joey Porter Jr. too. Like I think sometimes the people, they don't, they go either way. They either over, they like him too much because of his dad or not enough because of his dad. But I, I think he actually, you know, you got to remember forecast it in a scheme where there's a lot of blitzing. And that's what—that's how you have to factor in who will be best for the Giants. Uh, last, last draft question for you before we move on to uh, some of the hot topics in and around the NFL pertaining to free agency and contracts. Um, I'm—I just—I I love Will Anderson, right? Like, like I, I think he's a one-man wrecking machine. I think he's, you know, 
Micah Parsons 2.0, uh, no off the field issues, right? Like five-star athlete coming out of, mm-hmm. of high school, just a, a complete stud at Alabama. Um, I, I, it, like to me, if, if you're the Bears and you've, <laughs> you were last in pressure rate, you've got Justin Fields, Maybe you're eyeing, by the way, I, I, I like uh, the quarterback from UNC, May. I, I like him coming out next year. Maybe that's the guy I'm eyeing, trying to like maybe better my position, uh, accumulate some draft picks. Maybe tra- if, if, if you know that you've got a team that's dying to draft one of these quarterbacks, okay, maybe you agree to a, to a trade, accumulate, get, get some draft stock for potentially next year. In, but still be in a position where you can get Will Anderson, who I feel is the, the best player in this draft. That's what I would do. What, so two-part question here. Do you feel Will Anderson's the best player in this draft? Number two, if you're the Bears, what do you do, Cynthia? You know, it's funny because it, I do think – I think Will Anderson's the safest best player in this draft, if, that's, if that makes sense, right? Like he could kind of go to any team and be immediately impactful, helpful, and, you know, probably have like – the, the Micah Parsons sort of trajectory on almost every team. However, I feel like there's a few guys here, like it sounds crazy, but like even guys like, I know I'm an analytics person, but like B. John Robinson, he's the tight end. He's really, really, really useful and impactful. And to be honest with you, he could be one of those who in the right system could be like a, a guy who an, just an absolute stud, like different type of player, but like a, you know, give that, that impact that's, like, as impactful as, like, Derrick Henry. You know, he doesn't play like Derrick Henry, but, you know, a, 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 that kind of influence on a team. But, again, positional value means to me that you've got to, you've got to value defensive edge play or pressure play higher than you do running back. Again, Cynthia Freeland, uh, so kind to join me early this morning uh, live from the Combine. So as the Combine wraps up, Today, folks will be traveling home, and then it's going to be two months of talk and speculation. Who's going to go number one overall? Who are the Giants going to draft? Who are the Jets going to draft? All that good stuff. So buckle up and be ready. Uh, We come back. It's our last segment. Uh, We're going to get you locked and loaded uh, with some golf plays as well as the Knicks. And by the way, uh, Julian and Tom are producing the show. Julian just told me that uh, Brunson is uh, questionable. With, uh, what did you say, Julian? A foot? Uh, I believe it was left foot soreness. Left foot soreness. That changes things, does it not? Hmm. Um, so we'll talk Knicks when we get back uh, in the show strong. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Golf tournament taking place down in Florida right now. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. And what does the leaderboard look like right now? Uh, Kit to Yama at the top leaderboard at nine under. He tees off at 120 with Victor Hovland. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland are both at eight under, so they're tied for second. Hatton is seven under, so he's fourth. Rory is six under, so he's tied for fifth with Harris English, who's been putting his butt off. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas uh, are tied for seventh. Uh, Some big names here at the top of the leaderboard. This could be fun, fun tournament to watch. Uh, come down to uh, the uh, the end today. Cam Young, uh, local up here, um, tied for 10th at four under along with Max Homa. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, three under, tied for 14th. Ricky Fowler, loving me some Ricky Fowler this year, I'm telling you. He's one under today, three. He's three under in the tournament, so he's tied for 14th. So heading into this bad boy, what did I like? I liked Rory to win. Sure enough, he's in contention. He's three shots back. He tees off at 1 o'clock with Harris English. Uh, he's got an 8.7% chance of winning. I also liked Hatton to finish in the top five and the top ten. Sure enough, he's sitting at four. Um, he is seven under. He tees off at 110 today. He'll be playing with Scotty Scheffler. He has a 11.3% chance of winning. He's got a 61% chance of finishing in the top five and an 83% chance of finishing in the top 10. So if you followed my picks on, on, on Wednesday, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty good right about now, right? Uh, another guy, like I said, that I like is Ricky Fowler. I had him finishing in the top 20 at plus money. Just been working with Butch Harmon. His game is on point. He's putting well. Um, he lives down in, in Jupiter. So uh, he's just a, a stone's throw from, uh, from Bay Hill. So um, chances are, especially now he's one under through three, uh, chances are he's tied for 14th right now. He will finish in the top 20. So uh, feeling really good about my Wednesday picks and plays. We'll, say, we'll see how it all ends up. But here's the thing. If you think Kitayama is going to pull this through, um, having the lead right now, uh, one shot lead doesn't say much, and he's got a lot of big names on his coattails. Uh, that's six to one. Um, Victor Hovland to win. He's just one stroke back. Uh, that's ple- plus three sixty. Uh, Hatton to win plus six fifty. Rory to win plus six fifty. Spieth to win thirty to one. So I'm putting my money on those three cats. I'm and so I'm putting my, I'm putting a little bit of coin on Spieth. And I'm putting a, a pretty solid amount on Rory. I'm going to double up on Rory. And I'm, I'm going to put some coin on Hatton as well at plus, three, at, at plus uh, 650. Um, and uh, Fowler was plus 110 to finish in the top 20. I would imagine now that uh, he's, uh, he's in the top 14, that now that's not at plus money any longer. But you can check it out. So we'll see how that all pans out. Again, before we went to a break, shared with you that uh, Brunson now is questionable because of uh, left foot soreness. So obviously uh, that changes things uh, pertaining to, you know, this this Knicks game. I, I still like the Knicks getting the five. 
um, you know, you've got a Boston team who are going to be out. They're not going to have Robert Williams. And also Brogdon is dealing with an ankle issue. So he's questionable as well. This is a Boston team. I, I mean, listen, the Nets were able to hold them to 41 points in the second half. Uh, this Knicks team, better defense than the Nets. So, uh, and they're great on the road, 14 and nine against the spread as, as a road dog. So, and, and let me see for a second. I want to see, maybe um curious if with this news, if that line has changed because in some places uh, you could have gotten it at, at five and a half. So I just want to see where that's at right now. Oh, it's jumped up to six with the news of Brogdon, just FYI. So what does that tell me? There's a good chance that Brogdon does not play today, even though he's questionable. So only time will tell. We will see. It's an evening game. That, by the way, you'll be able to listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, in about 30 seconds, we're going to take you to network. Then coming your way, Golden State Warriors, who've won five straight, going up against the Lakers team without LeBron James. We'll see how that unfolds. Knicks pregame show. Knicks Celtics right here on 98.7 ESPN. And Larry Hardesty follows that game so still a lot more coming your way no need to go anywhere else i want to thank tom and julian for producing the show gentlemen thank you thank you everybody enjoy the rest of your sunday fun day and um i'll see you next wednesday night filling in seven to ten right here on 98.7 espn